KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, April 30th. Cannabis spending in local elections. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. Following a public protest on Wednesday, the Escondido Police Department released video footage from an incident last week where an officer shot and killed 59-year-old Stephen John Olson. In the video, at least six shots were fired by Officer Chad Moore. The shooting happened a day after Derek Chauvin's conviction in the murder of George Floyd. Sweetwater High School hosted a special vaccination clinic on Thursday. They were administering the Pfizer vaccine, which is approved for anyone 16 and up, to hundreds of high school students. National City Fire Battalion Chief Robert Hernandez and his department assisted at the clinic. They were influencing their fellow students to say, hey, are you not vaccinated? Are you sure you're on the fence? I think this is a great idea to create that herd immunity. So they're actually influencing at the high school level their other fellow students to come in and get vaccinated. A section of the coastal bluffs came crumbling down on Wednesday at San Alijo State Beach in Cardiff, near Lifeguard Tower 16. No injuries were reported. As more people frequent the beach, officials have placed down signs warning visitors of the danger of the actively failing bluffs. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Regulations regarding cannabis sales are loosening slowly but surely countrywide. KPBS's Katie Stiegel says the industry has been pushing for those changes for some time, in part by spending money in local elections. It was a joyful election night for San Diego Democrats last November. They celebrated winning the presidency in several local elections. One of those big wins was the majority on the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. And the new majority acted quickly to pass a new set of policies allowing more cannabis businesses in unincorporated San Diego County. The County of San Diego is one of the few governing entities that had this outright ban uh, on, on, on cannabis products, both not just recreational adult use, but also uh, medicinal. County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher led the push for the change. He's long supported cannabis, and the industry's also supported him. One cannabis political action committee donated $22,000 to his 2018 campaign. But 
Fletcher says he didn't push these policy proposals because of his donors. But the reason we're doing this is because it's the right thing to do. It's also the reason pretty much every other jurisdiction in San Diego County has already done the exact same thing. Other candidates, mostly Democrats, were backed by cannabis advocates, too. They received more than $300,000 during the last two elections. But cannabis groups have a long way to go until they rank amongst the bigger political spenders. Consider that in the last two elections, the San Diego Chamber of Commerce's political action committee spent more than $1.5 million. But political experts say cannabis's influence is growing. There are other major players, and cannabis could become one of those uh, players in, in San Diego politics. UCSD professor Thad Kauser says the fight for adult-use cannabis is no longer at a state level. It's being waged city by city. And that means local political contributions are more important. Now the question is about where can you put a dispensary? Where can you do agricultural production? And that's a land use policy. Cannabis advocates are happy with the supervisor's vote, but they aren't stopping there. Dallin Young, vice chair of San Diego's Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, says they need more licenses for dispensaries and cannabis lounges. So they're looking next at increasing licenses in individual cities, which he says will also help social equity campaigns within the industry. Many of those facilities do not have any minority representation amongst their ownership. This is a huge problem. And that is because how few licenses there are available. If you allow for more licenses to be available, then you allow for more diversity in the marketplace because you deflate the value of those licenses. They also want to decrease the cost of a license. For example, in Chula Vista, it can cost more than $100,000. That drives prospective business owners elsewhere. Time and time again, you know, I tell these people, uh, you all, there are no opportunities right now in the San Diego area. How do you feel about going out to Desert Hot Springs or up to California City? Cannabis business attorney Ed Wicker says there are only five cannabis businesses on unincorporated county land right now. It's disheartening. You know, why can't they have a a lawful business that is something that they can manage close close at home? Uh, The San Diego area and local governments are missing out on the revenue here. And it's it's been a dearth of business opportunities. Lincoln Fish is the CEO of one of the five licensed cannabis businesses in unincorporated San Diego who has contributed to candidates supporting the looser regulations. He says it's time to move beyond the reefer madness stereotype. We need to keep focusing on removing the stigma that cannabis users aren't necessarily bad people, and you know they're just any they're just like anybody else. And that reporting from KPBS's Katie Stiegel. California's homeless population nearly doubled in 2020, and it remains one of the biggest issues facing our state. Now California mayors, including San Diego's Todd Gloria, are asking the state for more help. KPBS racial justice and social equity reporter Christina Kim has more. We can't solve this problem in one fiscal year, but it's going to take the repeated commitment of state, federal, and local leadership to get the job done. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria joined 12 other big city mayors today to ask the state for a record-breaking $20 billion investment over the next five years to fight homelessness. So as big city mayors, we are calling upon our state leaders for their continued partnership uh, to take advantage of this once-in-a-generation opportunity to fund the housing and the services that we know work for people who are experiencing homelessness and to make a lasting impact on this crisis that I believe all of us were elected to solve. Here in San Diego County, the number of people experiencing homelessness doubled in 2020, and racial disparities continued, 
with black people who make up 5% of the county's population, accounting for up to 30% of the homeless population. Jonathan Castillo is the chief regional officer at PATH, a nonprofit that works with San Diego's homeless community. He thinks the push for more state resources is a great first step to scale up existing services. The, the solutions work, they're effective, but we just need more of it, you know? And I think what we're not also looking at is how much does it cost us to not implement these services? You know, what, what is the cost there? That so there's a big push within, um, you know, the city and the county to really expand street outreach. That the way that you begin to work with people is by, you know, building relationships and going out to where um, people are at. Mayor Gloria allocated over $10 million to fight homelessness in his proposed budget, including $1 million to expand PATH's outreach program. If more state funding comes through, Gloria says everything is on the table, but he knows what works and what he wants to fund. I would like to see us grow the number of permanent supported housing units in our city. That's how you solve homelessness housing plus services. Democrats in both the Assembly and Senate support the $20 billion multi-year proposal. Governor Gavin Newsom will release his newly revised budget in mid-May. And that was KPBS's racial justice and social equity reporter, Christina Kim. A proposal to build hundreds of homes on an abandoned golf course in Rancho Penasquitos took a step forward on Thursday. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen has more on the project called the Junipers. The Rancho Penasquitos golf course went out of business in 2015, and the property has been vacant ever since. Developer Lennar plans on building 536 homes on the land, 15% of them affordable for low-income seniors. Several neighbors called into a planning commission hearing Thursday, both in support and opposition. Opponents said the added population would make fire evacuations more difficult. I would like to live out my life in my home. But not if high-density development puts me in danger because of wildfire risk. We need an additional permanent exit out of our community, and this must happen before the plans for the Junipers project are recommended for approval to the city council. Supporters praised the developer for its community outreach and the inclusion of more affordable homes on site than the city's minimum requirements. Planning commissioners also noted the official analysis shows the project will actually improve wildfire evacuation times. We have a crying need for housing. Uh, we no longer have a crying need for golf courses, as was mentioned. And um, I'm convinced that this project does not provide a greater fire dan danger. In fact, I think it helps to mitigate fire dangers that already exist. The commission voted unanimously to support the project, which is expected to get a final vote at the city council in June. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. But about that crying need for housing, home prices in San Diego are nearly the fastest growing in the nation, second only to Phoenix. KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell has more on how that's been impacting the South Bay. Realtor broker in Chula Vista, Ditas Yamani, says the South Bay is seeing a change in demographics of people moving in. She says a lot of young professionals and entrepreneurs are moving south. However, she says it continues to be the most desirable location for families due to affordability. Are you seeing multi-generational families maybe move in together so they can afford a home? Absolutely. That's um, in the South Bay. As I see the market, I see that um, 
trending right now, uh, family members helping each other to be able to afford a bigger home, but at the same time maintaining that, um, that um, ability to be able to pay the mortgage. Home prices in the San Diego metropolitan area are up 17% in a year as of February. This according to a new report from the S&P CoreLogic, Case Schiller. It's the fastest increase San Diego homes have seen in nearly 16 years. Statewide, 758, but here in San Diego County, it's 800,000. Yamani says the high price tag on homes is making it difficult for buyers to outbid their competition. First time home buyers, the, the competition is very steep because they don't have that extra cash to put in because right now um, asking price is this much, but the competition is steep, so they go over. Yamani says the competition is due to a housing shortage. The average home in San Diego is sold within six days of being on the market. She says patience is a virtue, especially when it comes to bidding wars. It took us four months and about 30 bids to be able to win that offer. Overall, S&P CoreLogic says national home prices are up 12 percent, which is the highest in 15 years. However, record low mortgage rates are enticing home buyers. And that was KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell. Coming up, our weekend preview from our KPBS arts editor and producer, Julia Dixon Evans. We'll have that next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Well, if you're looking for a way to get into some arts and culture this weekend, KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans has her top three picks for this weekend's preview. First up is The Mountaintop, which is a filmed stage play put on by Roustabouts Theater, American History Theater, and Taipa, or the Teenage Youth Performing Arts Theater Company. It's set in a single motel room in Memphis, the night before Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, shortly after his final speech, known as the I've Been to the Mountaintop speech. It's a fictionalized account about how that night might have shaken out. The only characters are MLK himself and Kame, a refreshing and devastatingly honest hotel employee who does not hold back when addressing Dr. King. One of the things I really loved about this play is the way it allows heroes like Dr. King to have flaws. 
I spoke with director Candace Crystal about this. One thing that our dramaturg, uh, Kimberly King, and I discussed in depth was this deification of our heroes, right? Dr. King was put on this pedestal, and it was a situation where any wrong Dr. King did was magnified because of who he was. And I think it's really important as a community that we realize even our leaders will have flaws. It's not his job for me to hold him in this high esteem. He did his job. He pushed the movement forward. The Mountaintop streams on demand, but in a pretty unique model where you buy a ticket for a weekend day and you get 24 hours to watch the stream. It runs through May 16th, so that means you have three weekends left. Next is an open house for the Domestic Geographies exhibition at the Front Gallery in San Isidro. If you've put off seeing this incredible group show, there's just about a week left. And this Saturday, you can actually just pop in impulsively like the good old days. The open house is from 5 to 8 p.m. And you can view the art, get some snacks on the outdoor patio, and even enjoy a live DJ set from Lucy Libre. This exhibition features the work of something like 30 artists working in the border region. There's painting, photography, video, and mixed media. And there's something really unifying and coherent about the entirety of the show and the disparate ways these artists have interpreted the domestic landscape. That's the Domestic Geographies Open House, Saturday from 5 to 8 at the Front Gallery in San Isidro. And finally, the La Jolla Playhouse has commissioned a new dance film for its Digital Without Walls Festival. This is choreographed by Anjanette Mariah Ramey, who worked with filmmaker Ebony Harvey, and the pieces in this film are intended to portray stories of Southeast San Diego. There's music by Adrian Cantero, Christopher Apple, soundscapes by the David's Harp Foundation, and an appearance by Gil Sotu. There's a ton of excellent local dancers and arts champions. The Playhouse is hosting a watch party on Saturday at 11 a.m. It's free, but you have to RSVP. For details on all of these or for more arts events or to sign up for my weekly KPBS arts newsletter, you can go to kpbs.org arts. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio. Or you can always check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.